Ever wonder what separates cloud innovators? Find out. Download the Deloitte U.S. Future of Cloud Survey Report, closing the cloud strategy, technology, and innovation gap at Deloitte.com slash U.S. slash cloud survey. Deloitte. You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez Clary, sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Starter Hema Text Line, both of them open for you. Good conversation there. VJ has exited the building, but the energy stays alive. Yeah, a really good conversation there. Shout I, out to Sean. I just think, um, okay, Vershawn has not left the building. He hasn't left. Oh, I thought he left. <laughs> okay, he's not coming in. All right, so. Maybe he on, is. Come on in. Oh. Oh, it's, oh, that's not good. I don't know. Um, anyway. During the break, Nathan Brennan literally said that he would take Taj Boyd as the Colts quarterback on the Colts. Because we were talking, so Jory sent in a text, and Enrico and I said the um, Rico Ohio and I said State. that Ohio State puts quarterbacks in the league, which is a valid statement. They Fact. Might, they might they might not have success, but then we were thinking, all right, what schools would if you're an NFL exec, what schools do you go to for a quarterback pipeline? Like, think about it. Nobody's going to Pitt every year and being like, oh, let's draft Kenny Pickett. There's always that one from Liberty or Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati or or you have, like, you're not drafting a USC quarterback. Cause Carson guess what? Wentz from North Dakota State yeah, for like, a season. Because guess what? Like, Sam or Sam Bradford's not going to just grow on trees, and you don't want Sam Bradford to grow on yeah. trees. Andrew Luck at Stanford, RG3 at Baylor. Like, it's not, like, there's, I don't know, I don't know what the QBU is, what, what school has produce the most successful quarterbacks in the NFL, but I can tell you that Ohio State produces quarterbacks who get drafted Mm -hmm. in the first, second, third round in the NFL. Yeah, It doesn't matter if they flame out after they make it. The fact is they're putting them in the NFL, and you can say that to kids. Like, hey, remember JT Barrett, who who had a fantastic career at Ohio State, drafted in the – I think he was drafted in the first round in the NFL. No way. No, I thought JT Barrett. JT Barrett was drafted in the first. Maybe he wasn't. He probably wasn't. I think didn't he end up being a being a wide receiver at some point? JT really? Barrett. Braxton Miller ended up being a wide Braxton receiver. Braxton Miller ended up being a wide receiver. He's still in the league. Yeah, but he changed from like they from get quarterback. To they out. get quarterbacks drafted. It doesn't matter what they do after they get drafted because Ohio State can say, "Look, you come here as a quarterback, you're going to get drafted." Yeah, that's it's up to you after that. Ohio State's done the work. Ohio State's put you in the league. You're getting your millions. Now you have to make sure that you don't suck. Jory adds this, running back room was hurt and was the only reason Wandale was taking some some snaps at running back. This past season, he would have danced all over the field at wide receiver with Toure and others providing protection for him. The running back room wasn't that injured. You had running backs. You just didn't want to play them because you believed that Wandale was your best option at Which running he, back he in was. the Big Ten. He's a good option at running back. The problem is he's not a good option at running back if you want to run power I. If you want to run power football, you're not going to have a 5'9", 180-pound wide receiver slash running back running up the middle. You want to give him the ball on the outside, give him some space to work? Sure, you can use him at running back. But if it's goal line... Do not hand him the ball. Have him come so, out of the backfield. Toss it to him. What are you doing? So a couple of the running backs that you had in the room um, in just 2019. 
once again, Wandale Robinson listed as wide receiver. And I'm not saying, like, what Rico and I aren't saying is that you don't put him at running back in any situation. Because if you want to go back to the whole mantra that this team or this this coaching staff used was the whole duck R position, the way they used DeAnthony Thomas at Oregon back in the day, then you can line him up at running back in certain situations. But not on first and second and third and goal, all in back to back and back excuse me, back to back to back plays. That's not what he's used. That's not that's not why he was brought here. That's not why he was told he was going to be brought here. And at the end of the first season, that's not why they or that's not how they told him they were going to use him the the following season. Wondell Robinson, and I mean no disrespect to him at all, has no business running a a power eye direct, you know, into the middle of of an offensive defensive line in the Big Ten. This is not, it's unnecessary. It's not going to work, and especially it, with the with the kind of blocking you were offering. And in twenty nineteen. I would feel more confident running Diedrich Mills up the middle on third and one or even Ramir Johnson up the middle on third and one than I would our star player and face of the program. That is not built for running up the middle. So it, it, with, the, with the argument that the running back room, he was our best option at running back room, I would disagree. I, I would think Diedrich Mills, as a consistent and viable option, Diedrich Mills may be the best option at running back. Mm-hmm. There were there were situations where you, you can't sit here at, here in 2022, look at the statistics from his time at Kentucky where they used him the way he was supposed to be used here at Nebraska and say, yep, he should have been used at running back. Or there's, because the stats don't lie, Rashawn says it all the time, the numbers do not lie. And if you want something tangible to be, you want to look at something tangible that you can point to and and see why results happened or unfolded the way they did, that's a big part of it. Why did why did Wandale decide to move on? It wasn't because he quit or hated Nebraska or was mad at the coaching staff. It was that he wanted to get to the league and running up the middle on third and one is not using his talents to the best or in in the best way that's going to get him to the league eventually. He was the leading wide receiver in the SEC. You're telling me he can't do that in the Big Ten Conference? Get out of here. Kentucky used him the way, and, and this isn't, we got, during the break, Bach was like, Nate's mad that you guys are still talking about Wandale because he left. This isn't a conversation necessarily about Wandale Robinson. This is more of a conversation of how bad did this coaching staff screw it up to take a kid from Frankfort, Kentucky, away from his home school because he loved Nebraska, put him at the face of your program, told him you were going to change the way you approach the day-to-day operations of using him in your offense, and still did not go through with that. Which ultimately, for his best interest in heart and mind for his football career, mm-hmm. was to move on. This is not a conversation of Wandale Robinson. It makes it easier because there is tangible thing there are there are things that we can point to, aka the stats sheet, and say why it didn't work and why he is now a second round pick with the New York Giants and why he decided to move on from Nebraska. So it makes it makes the argument easier. But this is not a conversation about 
Wandale Robinson leaving Nebraska. This is a conversation of the coaching staff losing Wandale Robinson. This is a conversation on talent acquisition and keeping said talent within the confines of Memorial Stadium and within this football program because you've seen it time and time again where you've got some talented guys who, again, at the times of their commitment, at the time of their signing, were committed or were considered to be big-time commitments and considered to be, you know, uh, a really good recruiting job by the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. And then you have over 50% of said recruits during this time leaving the program. I don't know the exact reasons why those why those players left. Some of them leave for family reasons. Some of those leave for for more playing time. Some of those leave for you know maybe in Wandale's case you know uh, 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 a better situation to to get more playing time and make themselves you know more attractive to to the professional leagues. Like I don't know why all of these players transferred, but I do know one thing is that they are coming here. They are 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 considered really good players and that's why they are being offered by a school like by a blue blood like Nebraska why they are committing and for some reason within one or two years they are deciding that they no longer want to be here John says this on the text line at 402-464-5685 Honda Lincoln Hotline the starter Hamid text line both those continue to be open hit us up on Twitter Nick underscore Sainard and at Radio Rico AC as well Um, John says this Nick Rico Wandale left and Nebraska now has a new running backs coach. Are the two related? I think so. And, John, I think you're on to something because we've seen running backs either not play consistently when they should play, just misuse, right, mismanaged in the running back room specifically. So you might be on to something there. My problem was that in 2019 and 2020, there's still the common denominator of Scott Frost as your head coach. And the role of a head coach that's been brought up many time and time again is the CEO, CEO role. There you go. Whew, had an aneurysm. Okay. CEO role. Letters are hard. They are. Especially in that order. <laughs> um, no, but that's been, the, that's been the common denominator is Scott Frost as the head coach. And so if, basically my, my 5,000-foot view of this, kind of zooming out, looking bigger picture is at the end of the day, whatever Ryan Held thought was best for this program, it had to get cleared by Scott Frost. And Scott Frost was calling the place. Scott Frost could have easily been like, we're not playing Wandale Robinson at running back, and we're not going to run him up the middle three times in a row against one of the most physical teams in the conference. But yet he didn't. He didn't pull him out. Because he was the one calling place. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Was it? No. It was Every time that Wandale slowly got up, it was scary. Had to jog back to the sideline. How line? many times how many times did, did you listeners, fans of Nebraska, how many times did you hold your breath when Wandale stayed down on the turf a little bit longer than normal? It's it's just a it's once again, to reiterate, um, it's not a conversation on on Wandale leaving or Wandale quitting. It's that that's that could be a conversation for another time. It's a conversation on mismanagement. Yeah, and it, and it's time and time again mismanagement. And it's not just at the running back position at the wide. And, it's it's everywhere. And at the at the end of the day, if if Nebraska was winning games and competing for just a Big Ten West title, maybe these wouldn't seem like such big problems. Maybe the numbers, and I, I could pull up the sheet again here. Um. 
maybe the numbers of all the guys that they've lost since they've arrived in 2018 wouldn't be such a glaring problem. And I can pull well, it up. Well, they probably don't 40, lose. 48 of their 83 players that they've brought in. Well, they probably don't lose 48 if they're winning. 59% of their roster. Yeah, some of that... Some number one, yeah, Rico's got a good point. Some of that doesn't happen. The attrition doesn't happen if they're winning games. Like I'm sure there's still players leaving, but there is. But they, it, it doesn't bother you as much. No, no, because if, if, cause you're, if cause you're winning, if you've got if you've got nine, if you, eight, nine, ten wins in a season, and you have two players leave the program, it's like okay, you know, whatever. I, I I wish you the best of success wherever you go, but we'll be fine. We're we're winning games, but it's the fact that. The fact that they haven't had a winning season since Scott Frost has taken, well, since, you know, the end of Mike Riley and, and Scott Frost's mm-hmm. tenure, the fact that they haven't had a winning season just makes everything else going on within the program Magnified. seem that much larger. Every yeah. little problem seems like a massive issue. That's, that's, that's the problem. If you're winning games, the, the, the transfer outs... Yeah. Is fine because you're you're just like ah we'll 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 you know we have people backing you up that'll that'll take that spot next man up mentality we can go to the JUCO ranks we can get somebody else and it'll be fine because guess what it's proven to have worked. Cool, cool. And Luke says this, but and we'll we'll address this before we get to break because we we get these texts quite often. Love how both of you continue to say you're not advocating for a coaching change, then proceed to have an entire show about how bad the coaching is. Are we supposed to sit here and say that the coaching's been great? We can not. We, we want can the... say we've said multiple times, whether it's been on on Rico with one on one and slash old school, or me with Vershawn, or even on the happy hour here. It's been, yeah, like they've made the changes necessary. But everybody on this text line, everybody listening, everybody in this station can agree it's time to show. We we always say that we want things that we can point to to show that this program is getting better. And we've addressed how they've gotten, they've addressed those problems basically by firing everybody on the offensive side, which they needed to do. And they've put Trev Alberts now in place, which that was the right choice. But once again, we go back to the things that we can point to and say, has, is this getting better over the course of four years? And Rashawn Jackson, a former player, a three-time national champion, just made the whole comparison yesterday over the course of his three-hour show how things that were happening in 2018 were happening in 2021. We talk about Adrian Martinez and how there was no progress, and you could even argue there was regression. Like, we're we're talking about the things that we can physically point to that have happened because that's where all Husker fans are at, is in show-me mode, prove-it mode. We're tired of the lip service. We and, and JP says this, it's been put up or shut up since last season. Glad they made the changes, but it's a season late, so we will go for this. We will go with this for now. Also, I, we, we always get comment or text, and this is not just directed at, at that text, or this is not, this is not just tra- directed at this, um, but since we're addressing this kind of, thought or conversation we can add this into the pile it's not fun covering a coaching change it's not fun talking about a dude that's been fired it's not especially when it's a it's a former player former quarterback when we we all we all back in 2018 wanted this thing to happen oh yeah like 
like I, I have no problem admitting, like, yeah, they had to, they had to fire, they had to hire Scott, Scott Frost. Oh, it's fantastic. They had at to. The t- at the time, there's, there's no way this could have gone wrong. It was the perfect hire. It was you're, you're taking him from any other program that wants. He was the, he was the hot young coach. That's what it was. He was the next up. Yes, he was Florida. the next guy. Every school that had a coaching open, coaching vacancy, was looking at Scott Frost to yeah. hire him as their head coach. That's what was being said, and Nebraska it, got him because he played. Bingo. And that was the thing. Bingo. If he didn't play here, he wouldn't be here. That's what so many people said. Well, don't forget. I think this forgets as well. There was a, a significant chance that he moves on to Florida, in an area that his family loved. Um. He moves on to Florida. However, Florida wasn't going to allow him to bring his whole staff from UCF. Nebraska was. Rumors. Rumors. That's a big part. Camaraderie, right? Um, Unnamed Texter says this. Kids leaving is a sign of the times. Wandale's usage was criminal, especially when the guy calling plays is labeled as an offensive guru. Had Spielman in the building, who was a proven playmaker, and just tossed him aside. I, I don't know about that last part. I don't. I can't speak on that part. I don't know if they tossed him aside or if he decided to transfer to TCU. I I don't know what happened in that whole conversation on why he decided to leave. Mm-hmm. But I know that they used him plenty those first two years. Him and him and uh, Stanley Morgan, and then him solo. They were attempting to get him the ball. It didn't work out. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, okay, so unnamed texter says this. True, yes. Oh, it's not updating. I can't see it. Okay, true, yes. Every other school wanted Scott Frost as their coach at the time, but what school would still have him employed with the results he's gotten? That that kind of piggybacks into this. Uh, JP, I am still on board with hopes. I definitely don't want to start over again. And that that can be a conversation for another time. I'm not really sure. If, if Nebraska does have to go in a different direction, I'm not sure that the hire is going to be glamorous. Trev Alberts doesn't seem necessarily like that guy doesn't seem like a splashy hire that's like I just need the right person in place and I think Nebraska fans would be ready for that they'd be ready for a guy that's not gonna tell you everything that's going how well everything's going Nebraska fans it's gonna be like it's gonna be like not saying Matt Campbell's not splashy or or flashy but that would be a massive hire Matt Campbell. I'm not saying they'd hire Matt Campbell. I'm saying somebody like him, where it's just they just put their head down and they do work and they crank out wins. If if we are having that conversation, I I hope we don't. Regardless, despite everything Rico and I have said this 48 minutes of our show, I don't want to have. We that don't want to have that conversation. I don't want to. I don't want to cover a coaching change. I don't want to. I don't want to cover you know every single day. You know I don't. <laughs> I don't want to get on Flight Tracker and find nah. out where flights are coming from and when, when they're coming to Lincoln and, and, and who we believe might be on them and, and the rumors of, of so-and-so is talking to so-and-so and this coordinator might be leaving here and this head coach is thinking about coming. I don't want to do that. Ooh, I don't want that. I, 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 I want this Scott Frost thing to work. Well, because here, here's another thing also. Um, Trev Alberts could look at, come, come out of this looking like the smartest man alive. If football gets on the right track, everybody's going to be applauding Trev Alberts, as they should already, because of what he's had to endure through his first less than a year, first 10 months into his job. It's been a that rough he, almost he, year. He didn't even know about things that he didn't even know about that were just waiting for him, sitting on the doorstep when he came to Memorial Stadium. Like, everybody should be applauding him, number one. Number two, uh, he could come out of this looking like the smartest man, whether it works or we're going to be coming back and looking at this saying, you know what, 
we understand why Trev Alberts did it, but now it's time to move on, and he's going to understand that. Like, Trev's just not a flashy guy. He just, he, he fits that Nebraska thing where it's you put your head down and you just get the job done. It's it's unbelievable. Um, now we're getting <laughs> for, future. This is what I was worried about. We're getting future. This is what uh, I don't want. We're getting future uh, thoughts on who the next head coach could be. We have Skip Holtz and Lance Leipold so far. I like Leipold, but we need stuff at Kansas. Um, hey, Skip Holtz, baby. Yeah, USFL. My, my Birmingham uh, uh, stallions. stallions are still are the only undefeated team left. 4-0. That's wild. That's good. All right, we're running a little bit late. 402-464-5685. Keep sending your thoughts. We'll uh, wrap up Tuesday's show next. Like I said, Trev loves Dorothy Lynch. You can go over to my Twitter, Nick Sainert, um, Nick underscore Sainert. And uh, see the picture there that I screenshotted from a Huskers video. Trev looks like a old man with his his glasses over his nose and holding <laughs> Dorothy a bottle of Dorothy Lynch. He's tell hand me, modeling it. Tell me it's it gets more Nebraskan than that because I don't think it does. Um, we'll go ahead and talk about that uh, coming up next on the Happy Hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 a ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.